Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 313 Sports Podcast. Levin Ben here, as usual. For all those curious, yes, we are practicing social distancing. This is another outside recording special. Uh, and again, as soon as we record, another helicopter is starting to fly in the distance. I don't know if you could hear that. It's just a very, very faint sound. Listen, at least we're not recording it when, you know, the Blue Angels are coming to town on Wednesday, so yeah. this probably we shouldn't record no, there it then, is. but, yep, oh, yep, there it is. Small little plane. Anyhow, uh, yeah, everyone, hope everyone's staying safe, everyone's staying healthy, uh, staying contained at home, uh, practicing, you know, social distancing. Staying safe, staying, staying healthy. Safe. Yep. Um, so, with that in mind, let's jump right in. So, we're going to be... Uh Breaking down first the Detroit Lions picks, and then we're just going to, you know, just talk about the draft. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was, for me at least, it was very nice to have some sort of live sporting, quote-unquote, yeah, event. definitely. Um, to take away from things. I know a lot of people are involved in the Michael Jordan documentary. We might have a review uh, of that series coming up in the later weeks once we get around to watching it. Um, I know there's a lot of bad boys trashing on that, so it's definitely connected to Detroit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very nice to see, you know, Roger Goodell had a very soothing effect, uh, on everyone as he's he, the most boring person ever. Oh, I, I couldn't listen to him. And then when he was cheering on the fans, it was, it all and came the out before the pick, it, it looked awful, but it was so cheesy where it was like, I could live with it. Yeah, it was, I mean, listen, it was nice. It was, you know, all things considered, um, the NFL, I think did a great job with the draft, uh, considering mm-hmm. it was virtually. It was done virtually. It was, you know, it was definitely as exciting to me as the real thing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there weren't any bro hugs with Roger Goodell from the players, <laughs> but, you know, some players decided to make TikToks uh, instead with uh, with the commish. Uh, I think it was Jerry Judy who decided to do a little one-two step with uh, Roger Goodell <laughs> on TikTok and, and went about as well as you would imagine. Um, but I guess the main story of the draft is... Your Detroit Football Lions drafting at third overall. Well, it's not the main story of the draft. It's the main story of Detroit. Well, yeah. I mean, our main story today, we'll, we'll jump into what we'll review, you know, a lot of the other uh, going-ons at the draft. But, you know, main focus is Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, first, first round comes along, third overall pick. Lions are on the clock. And I don't know about you, but at least I was expecting the pick to take some time. I was expecting... Yeah, it, it felt like it was quicker than all, most of the other picks. It was like, oh, the pick is in right away, and they st- but they still have to wait out the 10 minutes because that's how they slot the time and stuff. Right, but I just, you know, I, I, I thought I, I, I thought for sure there was going to be some sort of tr- trade. Yeah. And I don't hate, you know, Jeff Okuda was the pick. Um, and if I would have to put a letter grade on it, I would give it a B. Um, you know, not because... Jeff I think Okuda is going to be a, a he's great a really player. He's a good player. I, I think he's going to be great. My issue was that they weren't able to go ahead and pick up draft capital to move down. Yeah. Granted, there weren't any really a whole lot of trades in the first round. I think the first trade came at 13. At thir- uh, Tampa Bay traded up one spot they, with for the 49ers who were. I mean, the 13, Niners were trading. The Niners were the third. The Niners were at thirteen. Tampa was at fourteen, and Tampa traded up one spot. I think. Okay, whatever. Which, I mean, which was a smart move. for I Tampa, guess they were but... scared that someone else was going to trade up to that spot to take. I think it was Tristan Wirfs. 
yeah, uh, Worfs was the pick. But yeah, I, I just I just hoped for a little for a little more um, you know some sort of movement. Move down two picks to uh, to Miami to get Tua, or I thought maybe the Chargers would jump up at six and try to snag either Tua or Herbert. But I guess there wasn't enough of a market uh, for the pick, which is which is fine. But but like, that that was my biggest disappointment. Any, I mean, wow, there, uh, silence your phone lights. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was hoping that, I, I wouldn't care if they even got an extra seven. But, I mean, because you could have gotten a Kuda at four, but the Giants were going to trade up. You could have gotten a Kuda at five. You could have gotten a Kuda at six. Right. Maybe even seven. Mm. I mean, the, yeah, if the Chargers were going to take Herbert, you could get a Kuda at seven. Yeah. So, but seven was Carolina, and they took Derek Brown. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Okuda. Personally, I think he's gonna be. I don't know. I I think he's gonna be as good if Slay, if not better, and on a cheaper contract. So you know, at least that's something. Yeah. Now let's get to the highlight, in my opinion, of the draft. Uh. Second round comes along. It's a balmy Friday night in Detroit, and DeAndre Swift is on the board. And I think most of us out here in Lions Land were expecting, you know, either AJ Epinesa, Yator Gross Matos, and then Bob Quinn. I mean, I would have been okay with both of those guys also. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they were great picks, but Bob Quinn does the most unBob Quinn thing ever and drafts at a position not of need, but a position to solidify the running back. Uh, Room to solidify the position of running back because Carrion Johnson can stay healthy. He's about as injury prone as I am. But um, DeAndre Swift, in most mocks, running back out of Georgia, right? For those who don't know, most mocks, he was supposed to go in the first late round. first. Late he, first, he was supposed to be the he's uh, the, he was considered the best running back Atlanta, in the draft. Atlanta, San Francisco, somebody, but Lions scooped him up in the second round. My opinion, that's an A plus pick. I think that's probably one of uh, Bob Quinn's best picks uh, mm-hmm. as the general manager of the Lions. Uh, um, it's an Kenny Galladay pick. is probably, as of now, Kenny Galladay is the best pick, but yeah. I think Swift, if he works out, has the potential to be even better. I find it interesting because I carry on Johnson. He has all the talent in the world to be uh, one of the better running backs right. in the in in the league. Yeah, but he His can't issue is he, he can't be the single running back in the room. He needs, I think he needs a supporting cast where, I guess, DeAndre Swift and him are create this one-two punch. They're both, they both could run. They both could catch it out of the backfield. Right. They both are decent blockers. So they, 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 they all three, they both could do all three things. It's And I think, in my, I mean, good. based on what I saw and what I read and what I heard, DeAndre Swift seems more like your prototypical kind of bell cow running back, like Ezekiel Elliott in his prime, like a Le'Veon Bell in his prime. You know, someone who could three down back, does the job, done. on Johnson, they always take out for the third down because he's always getting hurt left and right. Shoulders, yeah. ankles, knees. I mean, it's not rocket science, but, you know, it is, it, it is what it is. But, again, my opinion... Best pick for the Lions of the draft, hands down. Uh, uh, then we go to 
the top of the third round, 67th pick, Lions select uh, Julian O'Quara from Notre Dame, edge rusher, brother of Lions defensive end, Romeo, Romeo O'Quara. Yes. Um, I really like this pick, but this pick has to... I only like it, I guess, if it works out, if that makes sense. So, here's because, the... I mean, oh, one second. Yeah, sorry. Julian... He was supposed to be like a late thir- late first, early second pick, and then he broke his fibula like nine games in into his last season. And he he dropped because of that, but if if he works out, you basically got three first rounders in the first three rounds. Right, and that was exactly what I was going to say. O'Quara was a potential first-round pick before he got hurt. He's shown flashes of really great stuff. But He'll get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, listen, he does the job. He could get to the quarterback. If he could work out, you know, as well as the Lions got, you know, uh, what's his name? Kerry Hyder Jr. when he had his breakout season before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Hand had good seasons before he got hurt. If, you know, if O'Quara stays healthy... He could be he could be a nice pickup, you know, in the third round for the Lions. Yeah. The pick that I don't like, however, is the other second round pick that they had, Jonah Jackson. Oh, sorry, what did I say? The other second. Oh, never mind. Yeah, other third round pick at seventy fifth overall. Lions traded up to select Jonah Jackson, a guard out of Ohio State. I have a theory about this pick. I haven't watched the draft, so I don't know exactly what time in the in the during the draft they traded up. Yeah. But the pick before, at 74, the Saints selected uh, Zach Bond, linebacker from Wisconsin, right. who's Correct. also supposed to be a late first, early second, and he just dropped for no reason. Right. So, in, I, I don't know. I haven't watched the draft, uh, that's the third round, to see where they traded up at what point, but my understanding is it might have been for, for Zach Bond. From reading about it, they it. traded it, that pick... Immediately after the Zach Bond pick. Oh, okay. Then everything I said goes out the window. So, you know, if you're selecting a guard, Matt Hennessy, who was supposed to be an early first-round pick, was on the board. If you're trading up, why are you taking a guy who was projected to go in the sixth or seventh round when you could have gotten a guy who's an early... He was a potentially, in some mocks, I saw him as a potentially late first-round pick. Matt so, Hennessy? Matt Hennessy, yeah. He was the... Um, Center guard from Temple. A lot of people thought that the Giants were going to pick him at the top of the second round. Okay, why not, what about Lloyd Cushenberry? He was also supposed to be an early second-round pick. He went at 83. Right. Listen, there's plenty. You know, if, if that's the route you were going to take, if you're going to go offensive line, which I understand. Graham Glasgow's gone. You know, T.J. Mm-hmm. Lang retired last year. They couldn't really – I mean – I mean, forgot Joe bad, Dahl. I think was the was Joe Dahl and Kenny Wiggins, which are they weren't awful. Guards, but you know, I just I, I personally but, but I just think don't about get it that way. Pick. Think about it this way: uh, Joe Dahl and Kenny Wiggins were switching out from the right guard position, and they were bad. They weren't good. Now imagine both of them are your guard, starting guards since Glasgow left. Right, which, which is you not know, good, if, but if it hits. You know, it's, it's a good pick. I'll tell you this about what I what I think of Jonah Jackson. He was, he was a offensive lineman at Rutgers, transferred over to OSU for his last year. Yeah, he wanted a master's in edu- like a master's in educational management. To which my question was, Rutgers is probably the best school for that. So why are you transferring to Ohio State? But Rutgers sucks at football. So yeah, well, I guess he had. 
I think he grad transferred. Oh yeah. So then that makes yeah, it makes uh, sense. But he 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 wasn't bad. I just think there were better people available instead of Jonah Jackson. I'm fine with it, but again, there was better people available. Which I mean, which kind of brings us to the fourth round, where the Lions got Logan Stenberg. I actually like this. Pick, I love despite this. Despite what a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying he 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 can't play. I mean, he could play, but he's not good against speedy rushers. And he, but right. Kentucky lost. He played for Kentucky. Kentucky lost all four of their QBs. Like eight games into the season and they had their wide receiver start at quarterback and they had to <laughs> they, they were basically running every play of the game in the SEC and he was basically blocking every play of the game fr- rush blocking every play of the game in the right. SEC which is again the best conference in college football which the draft showed us clearly that it's yeah. you know it's a powerhouse I, and it's not like he played for Alabama where if you play for Alabama you can't play against Alabama he played for freaking Kentucky he played he the worst team in the SEC right Football wise, not basketball, but <laughs> he he's a powerful guy, but he's just a tad too slow. So I think if he could work on that, we they might get a actually a really good starting guard. But I I just don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Logan Sternberg. <laughs> Why wow, you haven't you haven't picked up on any Logan Sternberg tape? Nope. That, that, that's weak. I know. I, I, have, I haven't prepared for this draft well enough <laughs> uh, this podcast. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I actually really like the Stenberg pick um, based on, you know, Stenberg, what I, not Sternberg. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, based on, you know, what I was reading about when the Senior Bowl, that was, I think, when was the Senior Bowl? Late January, late early February, February late some, February. I don't right remember. after the Super Bowl. And when oh, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, when I was reading about it, you know, Stenberg was one of the names that was like everyone couldn't stop ranting and raving about how good he was. So if he really comes out as good as he looked in the Senior Bowl, Lions can have, you know, in a draft where overall the draft is a good draft, but, you know, the, 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 the pick before in the third round was a question, whatever his name was, Jackson, I think. Jonah Jackson. Yeah, Jonah Jackson. If Jackson works out and if Stenberg works out, I think it's an A-plus draft. Even if only Stenberg works out, again, an A-plus draft. I love the Stenberg pick. I think, honestly, I think he'll be the starter when the season opens. But, you know, time will tell and, you know, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So then we move on to the fifth round. The Lions traded back with the Colts to get back that pick. They traded up within the third. Um which they got for from Seattle for Quandre Diggs. I, I know too much about this draft. <laughs> um, and they select Quinta, Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. Which, my opinion, I mean, you know, what's interesting about the Cephas pick is in, in at the Combine, Jeff Okuda, at, when he was asked who, you know, who's his – Who's the hardest player to cover in college? Who was the hardest player he ever had to cover as a cornerback? His answer right away was Quintez Cephas. Cephas ran, you know, an abysmal 40 at the combine. I think it was 4'8", 4'9". It was 4'6". I, I mean, it whatever it was. Something that was for a receiver way too slow. Yeah. But I get the pick. I don't love it. Because at that position, you could have had Jake Fromm who would have been a great backup quarterback option. You could have had 
uh, what's his name? This is the guy I really wanted, Bradley and I from Utah, the defensive end. Mm. That's the one I thought the Lions were for sure get him, but I, I, I you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I would have much rather a guy like Anai at at that pick, um, especially considering what they did later in the same round. But yeah. I would give it a C, maybe. Just because I kind of don't know. I don't think it's a terrible pick. I don't think it's a good pick. It's a C. Mm -hmm. Nothing else I can do about it. Yeah, I have nothing else to add to that. (laughs) Quintus Cephas was one of the guys I, like, paid barely any attention to out of the receiver class. I Uh, mean, he's a guy you know because we live in Michigan and it's Big Ten country and you hear the name, but... I I was kind of thinking that, I mean... Donovan Peoples Jones was available at that right. pick. That was I think I think he's pick. a higher potential player than uh Quintes Cephas, even though uh Quintes Cephas had a better college career, I think, than Donovan Peoples Jones. I think Peoples Jones uh under was not under what's it called? Uh I mean, underperformed at right, Michigan. Because when you have Shea Patterson throwing <laughs> to you, you could be Calvin Johnson and you know, you'll still suck. But I was i mean, I was kinda hoping to they would get DPJ, but he went to Cleveland at one eighty seven, which was he also dropped a lot. We'll get we'll, which we'll I talk thought about I mean, that later, but he had the best uh what's it called time? What's it called measurement? Uh, vertical leap. Mm. which was off the charts. And I thought a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones would be excellent in the Lions offense. But, listen, what do I know? And then a few picks later, Lions come right back and select another running back, Jason Huntley. From New Mexico State. From New Mexico State. I just don't get that pick. I'll tell you this. I didn't get it at first. He's small. He's 5'9 and 193 pounds. I'll tell you what I think the chatter I've heard Mm. about him. Uh, he he's a smaller guy, but he's very fast and he's a pass catcher. From what I've heard, I I have not watched him. Don't quote me on so most another theoretic. So no, uh, so what's his name? they might convert him into a slot receiver. I don't know. It's a possibility because the guy. I don't. I mean, I don't have. Uh, I mean, that Jason like... Huntley's stats on me. But <laughs> I mean, the, honestly, that sounds like a pick that the. Patriots would make if they're going to convert him to receiver. So, so shocker that the that the Lions picked him right. up, you know. Um, but so yeah, I mean that's Jason pretty much Jason Huntley stats. Oh boy, he's taking he a deep had... dive into New Mexico State football. What am I doing with my life? Um, <laughs> so he had a thousand nine hundred rushing yards, a thousand ninety, not at nine hundred. That that'd have been crazy, but. He had 1,090 rushing yards this year and uh, 192 receiving yards. That's not a lot, but the lot, last year he had 529 receiving yards. I don't know. I don't know. I All think right, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's you know, again, it's a fifth-round pick. If the guy works out, great. If not, you know, that's where kind of I think GMs make their money. Yeah. You know, that's where, you know, the Belichicks of the world and the – uh, who's the general manager? You know, Ozzie Newsome back in back in his heyday. That's where those well, guys retired two years ago. Yeah, but I forgot who the general manager of the Ravens is. But you know, that's where those guys make their money. Yeah. That's where you know we're you know a good GM. If Jason Huntley works out, great. If not, then yeah, yeah fifth round breach. Right. Okay. So the next two picks, I kind of want to bundle into one. Ooh. Um, with one ninety seven, they selected uh, John 
Penicini from Utah, defensive tackle. And in the seventh round at pick 235, they selected uh, J- uh, J- Jashon Cornell from Jashon Ohio State. Cornell. Jashon Cornell from Ohio State. So, but also D-tackle. So my thing with D-tackles is unless at your pick, unless you're picking the first round or the second and there's an amazing D-tackle there who should have gone 10, 20 picks earlier, you don't take it. You don't take a D tackle until the later rounds because, in rounds five, six, and seven, D tackles are a dime a dozen. You could get, you could draft any. There's a bunch of D tackles available, and you could right. find a really good one. Right, which is that. what happened. Because I think the Cornell pick, I think Cornell could have been chosen a lot earlier. Yeah. And I think you know the same thing with Penasini. He could have. He could have been chosen a little earlier. I think the sixth round was just about right where I was reading he would go. But I think it's very obvious what those two picks are. A, they're backup for Danny Shelton. And B, B, they're replacements for Snacks. If these guys could be even, you know, if they both. Because, you know, the the way the Lions play their defense where they, it's a kind of a 3-4 Sort of some basically rush three every play. Right, it's rush three. If you get a nose stuff, if you get a hard nose tackle who could stuff the run, which I think Penasini and uh, what's his name uh, Cornell could both do. You know, you could you you could you could you know you're playing with fire all of a sudden. You could yeah. you could you could do something with that. But Definitely. yeah, I think you know overall, I think it was a very good draft. I was pleasantly surprised overall. Yeah, um, same you know, with me couple of questionable decisions but for the most part solid draft you know i don't know if, if i were the to be, good slightly outweighs the bad i don't think slightly i think the good heavily outweighs the bad because i think a guy like swift especially in the second round i don't know i don't know if anyone could tell but i'm really a huge <laughs> fan of deandre swift but a guy like swift can really change an offense you saw what you know a guy like kareem hunt did to to the chiefs I mean, yeah, they won a Super Bowl without him, but my point still stands. You saw what a guy like Nick Chubb could do, Alvin Kamara, CMC. If 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 DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift obviously isn't Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. They have a very different skill set, but I think a guy like DeAndre Swift could do a lot of good, especially if you remember that the Lions' offensive coordinator is Darren Bevel, who, who loves to who pass loves the ball. his run game. Pass the ball to the run game. That's what I right. mean. Right. Not not just pass the ball. <laughs> um. Now let's, I mean, I guess let's let's wrap it up a little bit and just kind of take an overall look. You know, what were your biggest, uh, I guess, loves, well, first hates, of all, surprises? First of all, my favorite part of the draft, Bill Belichick's dog, hands oh. down, making the pick. That Siberian Husky, beautiful, big yeah. fan. Um, if well, we, can we have him on the sidelines? <laughs> uh, well, the Lions will probably sign him next free agency, <laughs> but... As their offensive to like, to like a blow, bloated deal, you know. Uh, seven years, $60 million. Uh, Yeah. But so let's see. A couple of things about the draft. Um, well, first of all, Brandon Ayuk going in the first round. I called that. You yes, didn't you believe did. me. Check I'm right. The tape. You're wrong. <laughs> um, another thing. It surprised me was Damon Arnett to the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, that um, was. I there was were better shocked. cornerbacks on the board, but 
I guess Mike Mack Mike Mayock likes his uh, smartest guy in the room, like like so what he did with Cleveland Farrell last year. But he's got he's got uh, Bob Quinn Denitis. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Quinn syndrome. I don't know what to call it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't get the pick either. I thought you know. First of all, he is older. I think he was the oldest guy in the draft. He was 24, 25. He almost quit college last year, and then he came back because someone told him to. He's 23. I thought he was 24. Whatever it is. He's turning 24 in September. You know, it's actually funny. Speaking as someone who is 24, you know, hearing guys on ESPN tell you that 24 is old really <laughs> makes you rethink uh, some things. Um, but, yeah, I didn't. I, I thought the pick was weird. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, another pick that I want to talk about was Cole Kmet to the Bears, tight end from Notre Dame. The Bears now have 10 tight ends on their roster. They could field, if they get one more tight end, they could they, they could field a, a, their full roster just of tight ends. <laughs> Not, whatever, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and, and not get a, what's it called, delay a game penalty for not having enough men on the field. <laughs> Which I don't even know. Did they? I don't remember. Did the Bears even draft a quarterback? No, I don't think so. Hmm. You know, I I, I kind of thought they would because they kind of no. To. They they have they have their quarterback battle between Joe Flacco and Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I said Joe Flacco. My bad. <laughs> a relevant quarterback and a relevant quarterback. Yeah, I don't. Mixed you, up, know, you know, that pick to me was probably one of the weirdest picks of the draft. And you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Cole Komet. The Lions ended up picking a guy up, an undrafted free agency, who's got more more receptions, more yards. I forgot the dude's name. Yeah, um, uh, I'll look it up. He's uh, from Wisconsin. I want to say. Uh, uh, Washington. Washington. But, you know, someone who everyone thought was going to be drafted never was and just... Uh, Hunter Bryant. Yeah. So, the rumor is that a lot of teams failed him medically and because there were, he had no pro day and the the quarantine kind of failed him and he didn't keep right. on draft because just teams were like, I don't know if this guy could play. Why would I waste a draft pick on him? And the Lions ended up picking up the free agency, which I'm very happy about. Which is, you know, which is, which was, I think, a good pick. I think if, you know... He could be someone like Bo Boshuel last year, another undrafted free agent who kind of walked in there and did a very, very good job. Well, he was hurt most of the year. I think but but when, when he, he played, played he, he was, was good. He was, he was all right. Yeah, he was good for an undrafted free agent especially. Yeah. My biggest uh, surprise to me of the draft, at pick 26, not only did the Green Bay Packers pick mm. a quarterback, but they traded up. To pick a quarterback when that very day Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee's podcast, basically <laughs> begging, you know, uh, yeah. the, the the Packers to select a you know receiver or a receiver or another receiver for him because the guy has no one to throw to, or at least a tight end. But I mean, even a tight end, I mean, it would be a little bit of a it's question cr- mark. It's crazy how the Packers. Receiver being their probably biggest need. Didn't draft one. Didn't draft one. Nope. It's crazy. I get. I, they're rolling with Devontae Adams and then Devin Funches. I, I don't. I don't know who uh, who else is there. Uh, Valdis Scantley. He he he's not he's good. He's all right. Uh, they got Geronimo Allison. I think left. Current line, Geronimo Allison. Please. 
Uh, and then on top of that, the Packers also draft AJ Dillon. Another weird, weird pick. pick. Where I, you have, I get it. He's a power he's a, back. He's a good back. You got Aaron Jones Aaron and Jamal Jones, Williams but... on your roster, who are both good. Don't get it. Another tight end, and then the, the rest third, of your draft is you know O lineman, O lineman, basically, and like some cornerbacks and a DE at the, in the seventh round. But your biggest need this draft is to go in and get a receiver, get get a weapon for Aaron Rodgers to throw to besides for Devontae Adams. Right. And you don't do that. Right. You, you you literally focus on everything else. As I saw someone online say, if the Packers wanted a worse version of Jameis Winston, they should have just signed Jameis Winston. <laughs> Which, I don't think it's a fair comparison to Jordan Love, but... Well, I, Jordan Love, he had nine new starters and new coaches. So, can you really blame him for throwing 17 picks? Yes, but he... I, he did throw those picks, but I again, I don't think all. I'm assuming not all of them were on him. Just like Jameis, if you look at his 30 picks, it's all the 20, eyes. He 20, got LASIK. He, he's going to be an all pro now for the Saints. About 21 of them were on him. Nine were on receivers, just either not running routes or right running missing the catch or whatever. Um, another surprise for me. Uh, was the fact that C.D. Lamb managed to get himself on the Cowboys. For starters, mm. by the way, I think the Cowboys had probably one of the best drafts. They had a really good draft. Which is shocking to hear, you know, Jerry Jones alone on his yacht. So may- maybe people should start letting Jerry Jones draft by himself. I mean, the- his first <laughs> draft so far seems the best one ever, so we'll see what, what he does with the rest of them. Right. I mean, you got they got C.D. Lamb. I'm just trying to... Think I'm, I'm just trying to remember offhand who they got. C.D. Lamb, Evan Gallimore, I think. Tyler Biada's, uh, you know, they got a good, good. Trayvon draft. Diggs, who's supposed to be a late first. Right. They got guys who. They got their corner in the second and got an amazing receiver in the first. Right. Probably the best one in the draft right. class. And you know now you have Dak Prescott with Amari Cooper, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. That's a mm-hmm. good. It's a really good offense. I mean, figure out tight end and you got a and your quarterback position because I don't think Dak is good. But yeah, well, that's uh, th- that's an argument for for different uh, for another day. Yeah, uh, Indy picked up Jacob Easton in the fourth. People thought they were going to grab him in the third or second. Which listen, he fell the to guy... their lap in the thir- fourth, which is right. You know, good um, for them. Uh, let's see. I thought the Chiefs picking uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the end of the first, to me, you know, he was really, really good, but I think he had some of that LSU magic on him. I didn't think he was going to go in the first round. I think he was a second-round pick. Um, yeah, same. You know, a lot of slides happening. Xavier McKinney sliding to the second round. Zach Bond, like we talked about. Shocker to me. At some uh, points, you know, mock drafts had the line selecting McKinney at three. And, you know, I think the problem was that the whole quarantine stay-at-home thing kind of messed it up, messed for, a lot it up of... for teams, for players, for coaches. You know, a lot of guys, I think there's going to be, this is going to be, in my opinion, the year of the, you know, draft steal. Because yeah, there pro- will be guys who will draft it in the third, fourth round who mm. didn't get a pro day, who couldn't have scouts or whatever. Here's another what seems like a steal. Uh, Prince Tegawongo from Africa Ooh. played at Auburn. Uh, he was supposed to be a... I don't know. Third, fourth round pick went into this. Went at the end of the sixth to the Eagles. Uh, 
There's it's KJ Hill in the seventh. Right, that made no sense. KJ, first of all, how do the Packers not take KJ Hill in the sixth round? He's sitting there. Because we have forward. Jordan Love. It's sorry, neighbors. It, it's, un- <laughs> it's just I don't know. Like I can't get past the fact that the Packers didn't draft a receiver. I'm happy with it, being a fan of a rival team, but you know, it's just another weird. couple. You know, a couple of surprises to me. Jalen Hurts going to the Eagles in the second round. First of all, if you're taking a quarterback in the second I, round, I hate I hate the Jalen Hurts pick. From or Eason, not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I think, showed that if he doesn't have Nick Saban as his head coach, he's eh at best. Well, he was he had a good season at Oklahoma, but he he wasn't throwing the ball, and I guess the Eagles were mostly picking him. To be their sort of Taysom Hill, Which to make him so part of the offense, stupid. and I hate it. Taysom, you don't draft a quarterback to be Taysom, like Taysom Hill. Hill. Taysom Hill is just an athletic guy, and Who the have, Saints right. got him for free, not with a second-round pick. And the it's uh, like Epinesa was available there for them. Uh, Dobbins was available there for them. Ray they Clark had troubles Davis, with their who was supposed offensive line. To be a first-round pick uh, last year, I think, who slipped somehow. Uh, you know, there the, the, there were other guys to take. Denzel Mims was still available at the right. time. Ezra Cleveland, another offensive tackle, who, by the way, went to the Vikings, and I think the Vikings had a sneakily really, really good j- draft. Yeah, they traded back, got a bajillion late-round picks. And just stocked up, and, yeah. and I think which was smart of them to do so. They got rid of Stephon Diggs, who I don't think he was particularly happy in Minnesota, shipped him off to Buffalo. Well, who would be happy in Minnesota? Well, I mean, in fairness. Um, you know, they got Justin Jefferson, they got Jeff Gladney, both, and Ezra Cleveland. For your first three picks, that's a good draft. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's plenty of these other slides that we could talk about, but... Yeah, we could, I mean, we could We, we kind of covered the, the main, the main ones that we remembered. Um, but yeah, so, that... That I guess wraps up our draft coverage. It's kind of sad because, I mean, oh, it's I was so sad. excited for the draft, and now it's over. I mean, but, at this point, I'm going to have to restore to watching Taiwanese baseball with cardboard, cardboard cutouts in the stands, which, by the way, I hear the games get quite violent. <laughs> so that might be some entertainment, or we might do a marble racing podcast sometime in the near future. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, thanks a lot for listening. This was, you know, a blast to do given everything. Uh, yeah. Listen to us, rate us, subscribe, share with uh, share with your friends. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at three one three Sports Pod. We're very active on Twitter now. There's, I mean, now there's not really a whole lot to be active about, but three one three Sports Yes, we do have a website if you want to listen there. You can email us, tweet at us. Yeah, uh, and thanks a lot for listening, and see ya.